2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you found uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look down at verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look down at verse 17. Now Paul's writing here, and when Paul writes, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, are you in Christ? Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you're in Christ, and the way you get into Christ is putting your faith in a resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, knowing He died for your sins, knowing He was buried and resurrected and came forth, He's alive, and if you just bow your head and pray and ask Him to save you, He'll save you. You'll be in Christ, and guess what? He is a new creature. You'll become a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ. He reconciled us to God. God, We're reconciled to God by Jesus Christ, not by anybody else. And He hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That us, He's talking to Christians. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. We have a ministry of reconciliation. We need to let people know that God wants to be reconciled with them. That God wants to be, have a fellowship with them. God wants to have a kinship with them. God wants them to be born into His family. God wants them. There's so many of the world that wake up every day and they're like, nobody wants me. Who wants me? Who? Well, God wants you. And He wants to be reconciled to you. And that's our ministry is to tell a lost and dying world, hey, God wants you and He's got you if you'll come to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ wants you. He says, come. Come all you. Come unto me. So it's a ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ. Christ is God manifest in the flesh reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. He takes away all your sin. <laughs> That's what that verse is saying, that Christ is God manifest in the flesh, and when he's dying on the cross, he's, not, he's taking away all of your sin, their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You can be reconciled with God, the creator of the universe, the creator of you, you can be reconciled to him. Now what does that make us? Verse 20, and this is what I want to preach on this morning. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. What Paul says, I'm an, ambassador, I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I am Christ's ambassador. And what that means is I'm going to preach to you and tell you, Please be reconciled to God. Now I want to preach this morning on being an ambassador and how we're all ambassadors. Now he says in verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. What is an ambassador? What does it mean to say we are an ambassador? Well, an ambassador is defined as an accredited dip diplomat. An accredited means that there can be unaccredited. In other words, we're officially representing, sent by country, as its official representative to a foreign country. What we know out of the Word of God, and what that word right there implies is, we don't belong in America. We're just here as ambassadors. Now, I'm not saying I don't love America. I'm not saying that I don't love the freedoms that America gives me. And I love all those things. I'm a patriot. But the truth is, this is not my country. My real country is up in heaven. And I'm an ambassador for Christ, meaning that I represent a foreign land that nobody else has seen. And I'm here representing that land as an ambassador. Now, Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines ambassador 
as ambassador with an E. And it says that ambassador was a French word, but ambassador is akin to and is, it gets its root from what we call an embassy. We're little embassies. We're little ambassadors. We're, 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 we're here walking around. In other words, what's an embassy? An embassy is where I, when America, America has an embassy like over in China, that little land that that embassy is on, that little building, that little land, that's America. And American troops are there, and we protect that like it's American soil. And when somebody, from, like somebody wants to defect from China or back in the day wanted to defect from Russia, they would come to the embassy. And if they could get in those doors, get in those gates of the embassy, they were protected by the American government. Because you were literally stepping onto, even though you're in Russia, you were stepping onto American soil. Guys, we're embassies for Christ. We're ambassadors for Christ. We're little pieces of heaven walking around on earth. You know what? When you say it like that, that's pretty important. <laughs> We're pretty important that way. What, is it, what am I trying to say? You're important, and it's important how you conduct yourself. We are ambassadors for Christ. This world's not our home. You're now a citizen of a country called heaven. And that means that whenever you see what's going on in the world, the politics and stuff, man, guys... I know it bothers you. It bothers me sometimes too. But you've got to keep your mind heavenly bound. You've got to keep your eyes on heaven. And sometimes you've got to say, you know what? It doesn't matter what this world's doing because souls are going to hell. And I've been sent as an ambassador to warn them that God wants to reconcile with them. And I'm an ambassador. You know, Moses in Exodus 2, he named his son Gershom. Gershom means a stranger in a strange land. And simply we are. We are strangers in a strange land. And we shouldn't, be, uh, we shouldn't be surprised when this world is really strange to us and they do strange things because we got heavenly, we have a heavenly home. We're ambassadors for Christ. We're coming from a heavenly place and Christ is living in us and now we need to tell the world about Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if we sent an ambassador from America over to China and he walked around with one shirt untucked, had his hair all unkempt, you know, glasses all turned like that and wasn't kept. It's important for us to look a certain way. Amen. We need to conduct ourselves and dress ourselves in a heavenly way. If we're ambassadors for Christ and we're representing the foreign country of Christ, when we show up, we need to look like a, he look like a heavenly way, not look like the world. Now, I'm not telling you you got to put on a suit and a tie, that you got to wear uh, uh, dress shoes. And I'm, not, I'm just telling you, it's a, there's a way you carry yourself that you should have yourself clean and represent, because you're representing somebody. And he's the most important person to you, amen. You're representing the creator of the universe. We are ambassadors for Christ. You should dress in a heavenly way, you should talk in a heavenly way. Can you imagine sending an ambassador from America going over to China and we find him and he's over there in the bars and he, maybe he's over there in the whorehouses and he's hanging out in there. What, how would he represent America? Not in a good way. And I hate to say it, I think a lot of our ambassadors do that. It seems they do. Christian, you're representing Christ. We should walk in a heavenly way. We should talk in a heavenly way. Our actions should be actions that represent our heavenly home heaven. Why do so many people not want Christ, don't want to have anything to do with Christianity? It's sim the simple truth is, is Christians. Amen. They've seen other Christians. 
Gandhi, which I don't know if this was true or not. I mean, I know this is a true quote. I don't know if he really believed what he said, but he said, I might have become a Christian if I'd never met one. Now, that's a horrible testimony. Guys, when I talk to people about the Lord, a lot of times, you know what their first answer is? Well, I don't go to church because all them hypocrites. I know a lot of Christians that don't, you know, and it's just like I'm sitting there, instead of trying to tell them and be an ambassador for Christ, I'm being a defender of the Christians. Trying to defend why they're acting a certain way, why they talk a certain way, why they did a certain thing. It, should, it ought not be that way. It says, they should say, you know what, I've been, I've been watching my neighbor, he's a Christian, and I want what he has. How do I get that? That's a true ambassador. That's a true ambassador for Christ. So what does an ambassador do? Let's break down out of the Word of God what the Word of God says an ambassador does. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. Turn to the right, Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to give you some verses if you're an ambassador, and I prove to you, I believe I prove to you that you are an ambassador for Christ, what does that do? What does that mean? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. What does an ambassador do? Let's look at some of these things. Verse 19 of Ephesians chapter 6. To Paul's writing, and he's talking about putting on the whole armor of God, and then he says, I want you to pray, pray for me, pray for each other. And he says, pray, verse 19, and for me, talking about pray for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may, be, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds. He was in prison at this time. That therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. What ambassador truly is, an ambassador is a messenger. An ambassador representing a country is sent, is sent from that country, that foreign land, that, that heavenly home. He's sent, that ambassador sent to deliver a message. And what an ambassador should do as they deliver that message is simply be bold to speak the truth. If you're given a message, God wants you to speak that message and speak it boldly with authority. And Paul says, I want you to pray for me for which I am an ambassador in bonds. That therein, what, what do you want me to pray for you, Paul? I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. There's some things Christians need to be saying that they're just flat out not saying. And I don't know if it's just don't have the courage, afraid to offend somebody. The truth is, you're not in this world. You're not of this world. You're just living in this world. Our home is up in heaven, and we're down here as ambassadors for Christ, with Christ living in us, and Christ wants us to speak up. We've been doing a whole Wednesday night study about this. See, an ambassador shows up, an ambassador doesn't fight physically. We don't send ambassadors over there to start fights with China. We don't send ambassadors over there to, to get into a physical fight as Americans. God doesn't want us down here fighting. What God wants... now. An ambassador might show up with a sword, right? An ambassador might show up to, to give the message, and he might have a sword on his side, but we're not there to hurt you. We're there to help you, to give you the message. And with God, it's all good when it comes to the gospel message. The bad news is that you're doomed, and the good news is that you've got a way out in Jesus Christ. An ambassador for Christ should be bold to speak the gospel truth of Jesus Christ dying for our sins. What's the message we're given? The message we're given is that Jesus Christ is reconciling all of us to God and who can come to Jesus Christ. Sometimes as an ambassador, sometimes this is simply saying, hey, I just want to invite you to church. 
Sometimes it's as simple as, have you thought on Jesus Christ? Have you thought about God? It doesn't have to be a long message. You say, well, pastor, I really don't know what to say. You know what the truth is? I honestly don't sometimes either. I, uh, my, me and my wife were, were in this little store yesterday, and I, oh, my, my wife was, my wife's so gracious. She never makes fun of me. Because she, if she would have done this, I would have made fun of her for probably about an hour. We're walking out of the store, and there's a real nice, kind lady in there, and she says, uh, God bless y'all. She runs the store or whatever. And she said, we'll see you later. And I said, I will yeah, you later. I don't even know what I was saying. I was like, my, my, my tongue, everything, I, I, you will be later, you know. And I come out of there, and my wife, she didn't, you, didn't even, you didn't even say nothing about it. You didn't, I was embarrassed to no end. <laughs> that I'm like, man, I can't even speak. I'm at work half the time. I, I say stuff wrong all the time. It's amazing I can even get up here and preach and not mess things up, and I do half the time. But the truth is found in Luke chapter 12. Turn to Luke chapter 12. Turn to Luke chapter 12. As an ambassador for Christ, of course you don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Uh, you might say, uh, I'll say the wrong thing. Of course you will. I, I do. I've done it a hundred times. But God wants us to keep speaking. The Lord Jesus Christ wants you to keep uh, speaking. It's important. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 11. You say, because uh, Paul says here, in, back there, he says, as I ought to speak, as I ought, O-E-G-H-T, as I ought to speak. Now look at Luke chapter 12, verse 11. And Christ is talking to his disciples. He says, uh, when they bring you into the synagogues and into magistrates and powers, see, that's like as an ambassador. You're brought in. You're in trouble. They bring you in. Take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. He says, don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't, don't be thinking about what you're going to say to him. Verse 12. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. Amen. There's the promise. So some of us as ambassadors, we're not good speakers. We're kind of nervous. We don't, uh, we don't really know what to say, how to say it. Sometimes you just need to get ready to say it, and you'll be amazed how the Holy Spirit will use you to say it. Some of the things that will come out of your mouth as ambassadors. Guys, we just need to be bold. The time is short. The time is short. This world's going to be destroyed. They... Oh, we're finally coming out of the pandemic. Oh, everything's so well. We're finally getting, oh, we're finally putting 2020 behind us and we're going to get through this pandemic. And then up pops Delta variant. And then I read about another variant. And then I read about some monkey disease up in Dallas somebody caught that's killing people. Guys, God is trying to wake everybody up. Not just America. Because this, this pandemic is a worldwide pandemic. And you know what my Lord and Savior said? In the end times, there'll be plagues and pestilences. And I'm seeing them. And you're seeing them. And the world is seeing it. And you know what the world's doing? We need to get through this. And as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, we need to say, Hey, God's about to come. He's about to destroy this place. You need to be reconciled to Him. You need Jesus Christ. You're doomed. You need Jesus Christ. We need, we need to tell Him and warn Him. I'm an ambassador. I'm coming from heaven to tell you that Jesus Christ died for your sins and there's a way out. There's hope in Jesus Christ. There's no hope in the world. But hey, this country's falling apart. The people that are running this country are morons. I agree with everything about that. But let me tell you something. Up in heaven, there's a better place up in heaven. And if you want to get up there, you need Jesus Christ. 
It's the way you talk. It's a boldness. And I know not everybody has a boldness to them, but through the Holy Spirit, boy, almighty, people can be bold. Really, really bold when the Holy Spirit's working in them. My wife is uh, pretty mild and she doesn't hardly talk, but when the Holy Spirit gets on her, I've seen her really talking. We were witnessing to a, a young woman in, in a house one time and me and my wife were there and I was doing a lot of the talking, of course, because I'm a big, big yacker. And I'm trying to lead this girl to Christ and she's talking about she believes in witchcraft, she believes in Mother Earth and all this other nonsense. And we're trying to lead her to Christ and my sweet wife, she doesn't hardly talk. Man, she spoke up and man, she just laid into that girl and told her everything she needed. As sweet as she could, but it was bold. And it made an impression on me. And you know what I knew then? That wasn't my wife speaking. That woman didn't need to hear it from me. That woman needed to hear it from another woman. That woman needed to hear it from her. And the Holy Spirit was using her, speaking to her. I've seen it. And the Lord, she was an ambassador for Christ right then. Boldly speaking. Look at Luke chapter 14. Let's move on. Luke chapter 14. And uh, let's look what Christ had to say about this. Luke chapter 14, verse 31. You are an ambassador for Christ. You're that important. That's an important thing to do. and have to, uh, That's an report, important responsibility to be an ambassador for Christ. Uh, we shouldn't take it lightly. People are watching you guys. They're watching how you talk. They're watching how you conduct yourself. They're walk, watching how... Where you go, what you do, how you do things. Guys, you're representing Christ in so many different ways. And we need to be careful of the way we conduct ourselves. And I think you all, all understand that. Wouldn't it be a horrifying, I mean a horrifying thing to get up into heaven and to find out that somebody wouldn't, didn't accept Jesus Christ because of the way you were acting down here? one of your neighbors, one of your co-workers, and you get up into heaven and the Lord comes up to you and he, you, get, you go to the judgment seat of Christ and He's giving you some rewards and then He's taking away rewards from you and the Lord says to you, so-and-so that you used to work with, you know how you used to cuss over there at the job and you were doing doing that? You, you ran Him away from me. How horrifying would that be? There's a soul burning in hell for eternity because of the way I was acting? Yeah, could be. But think about it on the other side of the coin. How many souls would come to Jesus Christ simply because you gave the testimony that you love the Lord? You gave them a gospel tract? Maybe they saw you going to church? Maybe they saw something in you they wanted? It works both ways, right? It's a great responsibility being an ambassador for Christ. We shouldn't take it lightly. Look at verse 31. Christ is talking about making... Uh, Using your mind, making a decision. And he says in verse 31, Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Christ says, there's a general, he sees there's a war, and that's what everybody does in, in wartime. The general says, okay, I've got so many troops, they got so many troops, we're going to lose. <laughs> right? They got 20, we've only got 10. Verse 32, or else, while the other is yet a great way off, the other general, he sendeth an ambassage, ambassadors, and desireth conditions of peace. That's what an ambassador does. And that's what we're trying to find out out of the Word of God. What does an ambassador do? If I'm called an ambassador, what do I do? Well, this is what, one of the things you do. An ambassador is sent 
to make peace between God and a sinner. An ambassador is sent to make peace between God and a sinner. You're the mediator. Brothers and sisters, how many times have I read Acts chapter 10? A hundred. I mean, I'm, I mean, just, I'm not bragging about it, but Acts chapter 10, I probably, because that's one of the main chapters of Acts, and I've studied it because that's when the Gentiles are brought to Christ through Peter. I've read that 10 times, I mean, 10 times, 20 times, 100 times. I was talking to uh, another man. We were talking about the Bible, and we were talking about Acts chapter 10, and I'm talking to him, explaining it to him, and he was asking me questions, and something struck me like the, just like a, I mean, like lightning from heaven, and like a light bulb came on. And it really made an impression on me. And this is what was given to me. God sends an angel to Cornelius and says, Cornelius, Cornelius, go send Peter. Go to Peter. Peter's going to come down. Peter's going to come to you. And Peter's going to tell you what you need to know. That's what the Bible, that, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what happened. And it struck me like a bolt of lightning. Why didn't the angel tell Cornelius what he needed to know? He's right there. Why didn't the angel say, Hey, Cornelius, you need to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. What you're going to find out out of the gospel and out of all this from Acts all the way to Revelation, except at the end of Revelation, what you're going to find out, the angels are not going to give you the gospel. That's our job. God has decided in His infinite wisdom and His mysterious ways, because He works in mysterious ways, that He's going to use a man to witness to another man or woman. And that's how he's decided to do it. So what does that say? we got jobs to do, brothers and sisters. We're ambassadors for Christ. God's not, you know, you got, and you know it. If you've witnessed to, uh, any, at any month, if you witness at any time, what you're going to find out is you'll have men say, well, I want God to move on me. I want God to bring down an angel or I want a sign. You hear it all. I want a sign from heaven. You know, an angel show up. God doesn't want to do it that way. He had a chance with Cornelius, and he didn't do it. Go get Peter. Bring Peter all the way from Joppa. Come down over here and tell him, tell you what I want you to hear. Peter was an ambassador for Cornelius. We're ambassadors for Christ. We have a job to do. We have a job to preach the gospel message. Because God wants to do it that way. I can't explain why. But that's what God wants to do. He wants to do it that way. What makes this amazing, though, is this. When you're in a war, and you have an enemy, and they've got an army, and you go, that, they got 100,000 men out there. I only got about, about 10,000. I'm going to get slaughtered. So I'm going to send an ambassador to say, hey, we want peace. Hey, we want peace. What makes God amazing, and God's amazing in a million ways. This is another way God is amazing. God is the winner. God's going to win. So therefore, you would think we should send an ambassador to Christ. Uh, I mean, an ambassador to Christ, be an ambassador to God. That's not how God works. God, even though he's the winner, he knows he's going to win. He sends ambassadors that show up and the ambassador says, Hey, I want to let you know something. You're doomed. You can't win. Sin is going to send you to eternal hell. You're doomed. But I want to reconcile you. I want to make peace with you through the precious blood of my son, Jesus Christ, hanging on a cross. 
And if you'll take that, by faith, take that payment of sin, that precious blood, I will wipe away all your sins. And actually, as a matter of fact, we're not, we're not only going to be friends, I'm going to bring you into my family, and you're going to be part of my family. I'm going to call you son, and I'll allow you to call me father. What an amazing thing. God doesn't have to do that. He's, he's the winner. We have no chance to win this battle. God's your enemy. You have no chance. But God says, I, you don't have any chance. I'm sending you an ambassador. And he's telling you the truth is, you're doomed to a devil's hell because of your sin. But I'm going to give you a way out. What an amazing thing. The problem is, is getting people to understand that they're doomed, right? That's the problem. As ambassadors, we show up and we try to tell them, there's doom coming. There's a, there's a, there's a hell without Jesus Christ. God's coming and it's not going to be not... The, 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 but the world, they don't see it that way. Oh, I'm not that bad a person. I, I, if, there, if, if, if there is a God, I'll take my chances. I'll stand before God. But all we can do as ambassadors is warn them, no, you're doomed. He's going to roll right over you. One of the most frightening scriptures is that battle of Armageddon. When our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ comes back. The Bible describes Jesus Christ coming back and the, their blood sprinkled on His garments. The Bible describes when Jesus Christ comes back that there's so much blood from Him slaughtering that it runs for 200 miles to the horse's bridle, about this high. That's how high the, the blood's going to run. Of the millions and two, at least 200 million men army, he's just going to wipe them out and the blood's going to be everywhere. You don't stand a chance is what I'm saying to you. You need Jesus Christ. As an, as an ambassador, I'm here to give you peace with God through Jesus Christ. But the truth is, as an ambassador, we've got to tell the truth. In other words, we've got to say, hey, you're not going to win, man. You can't stand before God. You're not going to stand before God and say, hey, I want you to look at my sins and make sure. No, God said you're already doomed. Christ says you're condemned already. That's John 3, 18. Look it up. Look at Proverbs 13. Show you one more. Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. Show you one more thing about being an ambassador. So we found out as an ambassador needs to speak boldly. An ambassador uh, bring, is, is sent to make peace, which is what we should be doing. And I'll show you one more. Proverbs 13, 17. Proverbs 13, 17. Proverbs 13, 17. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is hell. Amen. So a wicked messenger falleth into mischief. That's a lot of Christians today. They're, 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 they're in mischief. If you're being a wicked messenger and you're not doing what's right as an ambassador, you're living in the world, you're, you're part of the world, the world doesn't know any difference between you and them, but the world, the world doesn't know heaven's your home. But a faithful ambassador is health. Is health. Look at 14.5. Proverbs 14.5. A faithful witness will not lie but a false witness will utter lies. See, a faithful ambassador, a faithful witness. We don't lie. We just tell the truth. And it brings health. When you're an ambassador for Christ, 
and you're faithful to give the message of Jesus Christ, and you have somebody there who's willing to listen and say, I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. There's two things that takes place. They're obviously saved. But you've got to realize that when you're saving somebody from a, from, a, from a life of sin, when you're saving somebody from a devil's hell, when that person gets saved and they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, literally, physically, they can get healthier. Now, the Bible, God never promises, uh, promises us a healthy life. So get that out of your mind. There's no promise of that. But we know, according to Proverbs, and, and living a Christian life, I've been on this earth long enough to know, I've noticed that Christians tend to be healthier because they live a healthier lifestyle. It's a lot harder to get a venereal disease when you're in church on Sunday. Can you notice that? It's a lot harder to catch AIDS when you're not living those lifestyles that certain men and women live. It's just common sense. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So if you're living a healthy lifestyle, you li Christianity tends to live a lifestyle of we're trying not to drink, we're trying not to smoke, we're trying to take care of this body because it's a temple of the Holy Ghost. We're, uh, we're tend we tend to pray more, which is healthy for you. Now they got scientific fact to prove that praying helps your health. We knew that all along. It helps with your blood pressure. It helps you get through it. You tend to live. So when you're an ambassador, you're bringing health, it says there. But a faithful ambassador is health. We're like doctors. We can heal you up. But there's nothing, and I mean nothing, like having a healthy soul. And what as ambassadors of Christ we're doing is we're making people's souls healthy for eternity. We're not talking about health just to get through this life right here. We're talking about for eternity. They have a healthy soul. I'm looking, you can look at me and you might see this flesh. You might see some problems with this flesh. But inside this flesh, in my soul, it's healthy. It's going to live forever. And it's because of Jesus Christ. It's nothing I did. There was an ambassador that came to me, a preacher came to me, an ambassador for Christ. He told me about Jesus Christ. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. My soul became healthy at that day. It's never going to be corrupted. My soul's never going to be lost. My soul's never going to die. There's nothing like that. And as an ambassador, we can give that to people. We can help, help them be healthy in the soul. Guys, there's nothing like having a healthy soul. Nothing compares to it. But without Christ, you have a sin-sick soul. You might not even realize your soul is sick. You can literally change lives for generations when you win somebody to Jesus Christ. My mother was not saved. Pastor Brother Packer came by my mother's house. He came by. He was sitting, well, what, here's the story. He's sitting at the house. He told his wife, I got to go talk to Vicki. I got to go talk to Vicki. She said, well, she's at work right now. And Brother Packer's wife told him, he's, she's at work right now. He goes, yeah, but the Lord, I just feel like the Lord's telling me, I need to go speak to Vicki. I need to go talk to Vicki. So he left the house. He drove back into town. He went over to my mother's house. She was at home. She wasn't supposed to be. He came to the screen door. He knocked on the door. And he said, hey, Vicki, I just want to come over here and talk to you about your soul. And my mother burst into tears. He said, can I come in? She said, come in. Came in, my mother got saved. Praise the Lord. Well, guess what happened then? My mother started taking me to church. Guess who else got saved later on? 
and on and on and on. When you win one person to Christ, you're not just winning that person. You're, in, you're going to probably win their whole family. There's, it, it just multiplies. This is important stuff. Being an ambassador for Christ. Let me show you one last one. I want to encourage you to be an ambassador. Look at Joshua chapter 9. One last one and we'll go home. Joshua chapter 9. Let me show you one last one because this is an important one too. Now I've shown you what being a, an ambassador is, is about. It's about bringing peace. It's about speaking boldly. It's about bringing health. It's a, what, that's what we do. But for those that aren't ambassadors, maybe you're sitting in here this morning, you're like, well, I'm just not, I just can't speak well. Well, I already showed you that the Lord will speak for you. And maybe you haven't been an ambassador. Maybe you haven't been trying to win somebody to Jesus Christ. Maybe you haven't been opening your mouth boldly and trying to uh, tell people about uh, Jesus Christ, what He's done for you, what He can do, allowing the Holy Spirit to use you. Well, if, I'm, I'm warning you here. You need to do it. Look at Joshua chapter 9, and now look at verse 3. Now here's the context. Joshua, they had come through, they had destroyed Jericho. Y'all know the story of the walls of Jericho. So all the news got out around that land, around that area, that God is with the nation, this nation of Israel, and they're going to destroy us. So the people of Gibeon, they come up with a plan to send people to tell them that they're from a foreign land. Verse 3, And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and into Ai, they did work wilily, like wily coyote, and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles and old and rent and bound up and old shoes and clouded upon their feet and old garments upon them and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua and to the camp of Gilgad, Gilgal and said unto him and to the men of Israel, Why be we be come from a far country? Now therefore make ye a league with us. And they go on, we're not going to have time to read it, but they go on and they convinced Joshua that they're from a real far country and they had heard about what they were doing and they want to come in they just wanted to make some peace with them. So Joshua, in his ignorance, because the Bible says he didn't go ask God first, he says, okay, we'll make peace with you. Well, it turns out these Gibeonites, they live right across the area over there. And God had told them already, you're going to destroy everybody in here. What does this tell you? If you, don't be a, if you don't be an ambassador for Christ, the devil will send his ambassadors. If we don't get out and knock on doors, invite people to church, tell people about Jesus Christ, guess who's going to do it? The devil. Through the Jehovah's Witnesses, through the Mormons, through the New Age movement, the devil's got a million ways to lead them to hell. The devil's got a million ambassadors that's willing to tell them everything they want to hear. And they're not from a foreign country. They're from this country right here. But they're going to tell you, oh, I know how to get to God. I'll tell you how to get to God. I'll tell you. And they're going to give them a Jesus that's not a real Jesus. It's not the same Jesus me and you know. They're going to give them a, a God that's not a real God. And they're going, to be, they're going to fool them. And the only way we can get to them is for us to be ambassadors for Christ. How will they know the difference? Because when an ambassador for Christ shows up, we're a stranger in a strange land. We talk different, we act different, and we got the Holy Spirit. Amen. You don't think that makes a difference? It makes a huge difference. Amen, it does. 
You, everyone in this room has the Holy Spirit, and when you show up and you start talking about Christ, the Holy Spirit moves, and it moves on that man or woman's heart in a mighty way. And we don't think about it. We don't realize it because we're just, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus Christ. I've said that to some people. I've come and said, hey, I just want to talk to you about the Lord. <laughs> they just break down. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Well, no, you didn't because you're not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> God makes divine appointments. God wants them to be saved. God's sending you their way. But sometimes God sends us their way and we're supposed to be ambassadors for Christ and we get up there and we keep our mouths shut. And y'all know it. There's a prickling in your heart. I speak to them. Give them a gospel track. Talk to them. And you get this and you just kind of suppress it. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm not really sure what I'm going to say. And Christ told us, don't worry about it. I'll speak for you. Through the Holy Spirit. Guys, I can't encourage you enough. As ambassadors for Christ, we need to be busy. We need to be busy serving Jesus Christ. We need to be busy telling the world about Jesus Christ. Because uh, we got all the freedom we have. We, can, we got all the freedom to do it. And we're not doing it. We live in America. Praise God. We're allowed to have an embassy here. We're allowed to give the gospel message out. And guys, soon, and I think it's going to be very soon, we're not going to be able to. And we're going to be sitting back, and there'll be a day we'll look back and we'll say, why didn't I do more when I could have done more? Let's be bold for Christ. Is He worthy? He's worthy to me. He's worth everything I've ever done for him. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the Internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now it's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world, but verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you, and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. 
It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.